Hello, and welcome to the College Admissions Decoded podcast, an occasional series in the National Association for College Admission Counseling, or NACAC. I'm your host, Eddie Pickett. I'm a longtime NACAC member and a member of the NACAC Board of Directors. In my day job, I'm a Senior Associate Dean of Admissions and Director of Recruitment at Pomona College in Claremont, California. NACAC is an association of more than 25,000 professionals at high schools, colleges, universities, and nonprofit organizations, as well as independent counselors who support and advise students and families through the college admissions process. Our topic today is community college. With over 1,000 public and private community colleges in the U.S., you undoubtedly know a few. But did you know that 46% of all undergraduates in the United States are enrolled in community colleges, according to the American Association of Community Colleges? Plus, 41% of first-year college students attend community colleges. These popular institutions offer an abundance of opportunity to recent and non-recent high school graduates pursuing higher education. Our guests will discuss all the advantages of attending community colleges, cost, lower stress admissions procedures, flexibility, etc., as well as options for transferring to four-year schools. I'm joined today by three NACAC members with lots of experience in supporting students who are considering attending community college. Our guests are Candace Mackey, college counselor at the Los Angeles Center for Enriched Studies in California. Hi, everyone. It's so good to be here and, and partake in this conversation along with the amazing panelists. Claudia Carroll, Counselor in the General Counseling and Transfer Center at Santa Monica College in California. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm looking forward to it. And Jennifer Nectarline, College and Career Counselor at Hunterdon Central Regional High School in New Jersey. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. Thank you all for joining me today. Let's get started. I think the first question I'm going to send to Claudia, and it's what are the benefits of attending a community college as related to costs? practicality, convenience, academic readiness, or anything else you'd like to add? So I think that all of these could apply to some students. You know, some apply to, all of them might apply to a student. But I think it really depends on each individual and where they're coming from. Definitely cost is a benefit for all students. You know, I think that's something, certainly here in California, we're very lucky. Our community colleges are very affordable and pretty heavily subsidized. So cost is a huge benefit for all California residents. And then there's obviously factors of practicality, depending on the student and where they may be in their individual lives. You know, are there other obligations, other commitments? It could be transportation. It could be what's going to work with them and balancing those other commitments. Academic readiness, obviously a factor. I think when I have had conversations, both working at the high school and doing outreach from the community college side, Academic readiness is a you know interesting topic because we don't want to present only community college to students, but we want it to be one of a range of options because there could be students who are certainly prepared to go directly to a four-year, but because of one of those other factors, the cost, practicality, or convenience, community college might be the best choice for them. So academic readiness sometimes feels like Yes, this is the best alternative, but it doesn't isn't always the only indicator of when a community college could be a good fit. I'll go ahead and piggyback off of Claudia's thoughts there. You know, I think about the community college expansion of program. You know, community college 
a lot of students think I'm going to go, I'm going to commute, I'm going to take a couple classes, maybe I'll transfer. But I think there's been a lot of enhancements to the community college experience. I know here in New Jersey and many other states, the opportunity to reside on campus exists at some opportunities for honors programs, sports clubs are extensive. There's there's a whole different way of looking at community college than there were in, in decades past. And I think when students think I can go to this, this higher education institution, I can save thousands of dollars. I can go at my own convenience and build a schedule that works for me while maybe working a part-time job. And there's just a lot of freedom and there's a lot of accessibility, I think, with community college that wasn't there before. So at least in my own high school and many of my surrounding um, peer high schools, we're seeing an increase as students pursue that option because of affordability, because of financial aid assistance, uh, because it's just so practical for students who may want to embark on something else upon graduation, like a job. And there's just a lot more opportunity in the community college sector than there ever was before. And I'll just sort of chime into a little bit, agree into what Claudia has mentioned. And of course, everything that Jen stated, um, that actually just resonates with me personally. I was a community college student and I was able to earn both my cosmetology license. So I picked up, I, I earned a trade, but I also was able to earn an associate's degree and, and transfer as well. And so just being able to see, oh, and then of course, when I transferred and completed at the four year, completed my degree, I graduated debt free. So I, you know, had a couple of different certifications and also, you know, uh, a degree. And with that debt free, and it really just served, it served me well on a personal level. So this is an option that when I am working with students, I am quite supportive of this option and, and just really being able to use my own personal experience to hopefully be able to help students who are considering this pathway, whether they're looking for certification in a particular trade or looking to transfer. And again, as Jen alluded to, there's so many different other programs now attached to community college. So I think it, if it continues to refine itself and meet the changing needs of students, I think it could be you know, just another really great pathway. I like what you said there, Candace. You're talking about the different opportunities. And so as community colleges offer lots of different opportunities, from certificates to associate's degrees, and even some are offering bachelor's degrees, would you outline their academic offerings, please? Yeah, so as you mentioned, Eddie, there are lots of different pathways that students can look to pursue at community colleges. And whether it's looking at a specific certification in a particular area, if you want to be certified and in going into auto mechanics, or again, in my area, I did cosmetology, there's dental hygienist programs, there's lots of different programs that students could look to pursue, whether it is, again, one of those two-year or 18-month requirements, or they're looking to transfer, and it could be they're looking to transfer at a four-year that's a public college or perhaps looking to do private college in state or out of state. There's just a lot of different opportunities. And I think what's really appealing even more so now is the cost factor that's related to it. Students and families are able to save a substantial amount of money and still be able to achieve their goals. Just to follow up on what Candace was saying, I think what we're talking about a lot now in community colleges when students come in to speak to us 
is this concept of stacking credentials. And so I find it most helpful for a student that comes in and is a little unsure about you know, how they want to continue their education. Maybe they struggled in high school. They're not sure about jumping into a bunch of general education classes. And when we can address these misnomers about what community college offers and talk about the different options and tell them, you can pursue this certificate and only take classes that are going to prepare you for a career. And then when you're finished, you can work and you can come back and take general education classes and then complete an associate's degree. And then depending on the area, you may then have options. Again, some of these things are particular to California, but here we have a great collaboration between the California State University system and our community colleges. And we offer this associate degree for transfer, which is really helping streamline the process for students who want to get the associate degree, but also be prepared for the transfer process. So any of those and just lining it up for students and showing them how they can they don't have to commit to one. It's not a one and done decision. They can start with one you know, certificate, move on to an associate's degree, potentially transfer. And then Santa Monica College is one of the few community colleges that do offer a bachelor's degree in California. It was a growth of development out of our associate degree in graphic design. And we now offer an interaction degree in a bachelor's degree in interaction design. So many times students come to us and they're just uncertain about what all those opportunities are. And so really having someone explain to them what the pathways might be and uh, what those opportunities could be and that they don't have to decide today and they can't change their mind. And this applies to our returning students. I can't tell you the number of students who I've talked to who have bachelor's degrees in unrelated areas and then come back because they want to get a certification or some kind of credential in a different area. And so again, this concept of being having the flexibility and the mobility to pursue different areas and different fields at what comes down to, you know, really in California, the best bang for your buck. Following up on that, Claudia, how did the pandemic impact community colleges and what was the impact on students? The pandemic hit education hard because it was a quick switch for everyone to be able to adapt um, to teaching remotely. And I think there's community colleges, there's the side of it where a lot of our populations are high need in different areas. So we went from students being in the classroom to then having to enroll virtually. And we had to address lots of issues of access. You know, students who didn't have internet access at home, students who didn't have technology, students who coming to campus really provided some quiet space for them to focus on school. And so all of those things were a real challenge for many of our students So we've certainly seen our share of, you know, enrollment dips and struggles with students dropping. And I imagine as it's across the country, students intend to do one thing at the beginning of a semester and the pandemic has presented lots of obstacles for them. Even here we are two years out now. So I think our students have struggled with it in many ways. And when we look at classes that maybe were challenging to navigate in person and then having to do those virtually. So science courses with labs math courses, if they were someone that struggled with math, those have become incredibly difficult. And many students have postponed those, those, that coursework until we could come back in person. But here we are two years in and we're still not fully back in person on campus. And so uh, students are really struggling with that. But I will say there is a sector of our population that has really been very excited and taken advantage of all the virtual offerings We have lots of returning students who work full-time, parents who for the first time ever felt like they could actually take maybe more than one class a semester because 
we suddenly had the majority of our classes being offered virtually. So this was a real change for them, and they have really jumped on it. Students coming from out of the area who are able to take classes at Santa Monica, out-of-state students taking classes at Santa Monica because they're being offered virtually. So I think some students really, really struggled, but there were some students that have really, really thrived with the added convenience and flexibility of being able to take online coursework. A similar question going to our high school counselors, but I'm going to change it just a little bit. Uh, are, are more of your students considering community college than before the pandemic? And how are you preparing them for success in the community colleges? Sure, Eddie. We've been pretty consistent, and I've seen it at my peer high schools and my colleagues in and around the region. As far as the percentage or number of students that are going to community college directly from high school, I, at my own high school, it's been consistently about 20%. I don't know if I'll see that fluctuate significantly this year, but I think we have to think about reason and the why behind pursuing community college as your path directly after high school. You know, for so many reasons we've talked about already as it relates to cost, practicality, convenience, program offering, extensive offering on community college campuses. Um, I think we have to really take into context the last two years and, and contribute that to the why. For some students, it might be comfort just in simply being closer to home where they're coming out of what was a really uncertain two years and still feeling some of that uncertainty about everything from health to finance to simply closeness to their parents or their family. So I think we're gonna see students think about community college maybe more for comfort Absolutely for cost, as the cost of college, four-year college and residing on campus rises, we look at community college as a significant savings. And I really think that we're going to see it out of just understanding that it may not be the community college that your parents or your aunts and uncles or even your grandparents attended, that the offerings are so extensive, that there's so many enriching opportunities on community college campuses that your two years may not be two. It may be four. You might be earning a baccalaureate degree on a college campus. You may have an opportunity opportunity to play what is essentially a, a collegiate sport that you probably couldn't have done at a four-year college level, but you can continue the tradition from high school of continuing your passion. So I don't know if we'll necessarily see a big jump in community college matriculation, but I think we might see it for different reasons. What I heard from Jen is a lot about cost and comfort. So I'm going to throw this one to Candice. When thinking about the rising cost of higher education, is community college still an affordable pathway that it has been in years past? Yes, Eddie. So community college, I believe, is actually becoming even more of an affordable pathway for many of our students. And I could speak certainly to what's happening in California. And as a lot of different community colleges have adopted the California Promise, which is also making community college itself affordable and essentially free. So as long as you obtain your commitment while being a community college student. And so I, it's definitely a pathway that, again, has become over the years, I think, more affordable. I think there's more attention also that is being sort of shined down on community college and really looking at the greater needs of students. And so even for our students who are undocumented or just where college in itself, pursuing four-year, the cost is extremely high or just not reasonable for that particular student. And looking even long-term what their goals may be, community college is really setting that purpose now to being even more accessible 
to students and families, whether it's the student that's graduating from high school or it's the returning student who is older and perhaps starting second, third, or fourth career. I like what you said there about accessibility of community college. So we're going to pick up on that a little bit. Community college has traditionally served a wider range of students, whether that were adult learners, those for underrepresented and underserved communities. So I'm going to pass this one to Claudia. Can you share your thoughts about community college as an equity option? Yeah, definitely. I think due to the access we provide, the ease of entering a community college, we're not looking for particular entrance requirements. And so as long as a student's 18 or a high school graduate, they can begin at SMC, which I think at the very start of a career for someone who may be coming from various, like you said, underserved communities, they may feel like, oh, this is something I can do. You know, there's not a lot of hoops to jump through. And so I think just taking that away at the very beginning, removing those obstacles for them is kind of the first step. But when we talk about, yeah, so if you're looking at someone who the finances is a challenge, the financial aid in combination with the lower costs at a community college it can be a, a slam dunk and make them feel like this can actually be an option for me. Again, it's, it's not a closed door. I think for undocumented or underdocumented students, again, this is going to vary depending on the state that you're in, but the access provided and in California, our students are able to get various reduced costs to go to the, our four-year public schools, and there is some financial aid potentially available for them. And even, again, for those returning students, because I do think that that's a group of students that maybe higher education has not served as well. And so trying to help them access those opportunities around their lifestyle. So to have the flexibility. So I think really meeting students where they are, whether it's a, is it a financial need? Is it a convenience need? Is it the support services that we offer on our campus? And so really being able to address those and know that there is no cookie cutter student at the community college. We could have students coming from, you know, foster care situations who are on their own for the first time and really need those wraparound services. And so, you know, whether you're coming from a place where you have a ton of family support and you're there for a specific pathway and you come in knowing what you want to do, or you come in just thinking like, I'm not sure what I want to do. I don't know if I'm meant to be here. Do I belong? Are you a first generation student and you haven't had a lot of exposure to higher education? I think community colleges have historically done a great job in providing those kinds of wraparound services. And we're seeing it more and more in, you know, increasing food banks and addressing food insecurity and housing insecurity on the college campuses. And so I think that is somewhere where community colleges have really been able to excel. Talking about those different opportunities there, I was also just brought back to my last experience. So I just recently came back to admission at Pomona College. But before that, I was at an independent school. And as I was sitting at the independent school, the first year I was there, I was there for five years. The first year I was there, nobody went to a community college, not a single person, 100% to four year. Every year after that, we had one to three students go. So as a person who had multiple people in my family go to community college, it's always interesting to see you know, who was going, how they were talking about it, but also what was the stigma behind it. And so we had to work a lot of times on the stigma of a community college being quote unquote lesser than, which I never saw it that way. I always see it as an opportunity, but some kids don't see it that way. And so for the two high school counselors, can you address the potential stigma of attending a community college? 
prior to joining the secondary school counseling community almost 15 years ago, I worked in a community college. So my career began as a transfer counselor, helping students transfer from community college to four-year college. It's really where I built my basis of admission knowledge. At that community college, I was really interested in student life. So the transfer department fell under student life. I got really involved advising the Honor Society. And with my master's um, degree and my background in psychology, I was able to teach. And I think it was in the classroom that I really built my understanding of the rigor at a community college, the work that goes into it. I taught introduction to psychology for three semesters. I had students in my class ranging from 18 to 65. And I will tell you in all honesty, every semester, a student failed my class because they came in with usually, not all the time, but usually the students coming fresh out of high school who thought that this experience would not be rigorous. They would come here, they'd earn some credit, maybe they'd transfer. They'd probably keep their parents happy continuing their education. They didn't take it seriously. Community college is essentially supposed to match the, those early years of a four-year degree. Otherwise, the courses wouldn't be transferable. So when I sit with students and I talk Talk about going to community college. I personally think that stigma has decreased quite a bit. I think students understand, you know, I'm going here to try to get a mere image academically of what I'd be doing on a four-year campus. It's never going to be exactly the same. And certainly there are components in the community college experience that you're not going to, that are not going to exist because you're not on a residential four-year campus. But for a four-year college to take those credits from a community college, the courses have to match. The rigor has to be there. The enriching experience has to be there. So I think students have grasp on more in the last couple of years to realize this is not an extension of high school. This is not going to be easy. I'm not going to go here and just do a basic amount of work. It's not what we used to call 13th grade. That is not community college. Community college is a rigorous environment meant to mirror through transferability what those first one or two years might look like in a four-year college. Otherwise, students wouldn't be transferring from community college into four-year schools as full-on juniors. That education, four-year colleges would deem that not matching. So I think that the stigma has decreased. I think students, when they see the opportunities on a community college campus outside the classroom, like we talked about sports, activities, honors programs, just different neat experiences that you can engage in with other people, they think, you know, this is pretty serious. This is not a place for me to go and sort of dabble. And yeah, you can figure things out. You can explore, you can test out different programs. That's the luxury of doing it at a much lower cost. But the rigor is still there. This is not that extension of high school that I think so many students used to think it is. This is truly starting your experience of higher education. I like what you said there. And I'm thinking about some different pathways. So Jen, following up on that, would you talk about whether a bachelor's degree is a best fit pathway and what that exactly means? So I think it really depends on student. You know, this is why we sit with our students extensively as school counselors and talk about their path through high school, what their best fit after high school will be. And while that is still a, a path that a good number of students are pursuing is the traditional bachelor's degree. I think that, you know, we often say to students, earning a college degree has so many benefits, but the way you get to it is really your own path. And if you start in community college, you spend a semester, four semesters, over two years, whatever the case is, you're starting that path to earning that, that higher degree, that degree beyond your high school diploma. So I don't know if a bachelor's degree is the best fit for every student. I absolutely work with students who, who should be starting 
starting a community college who think that that is the best fit for them or with advice of their parents, their teachers, their counselors, their mentors, realize this is the best place for them to start. Maybe their eventual goal is a bachelor's degree, but if they earn their associate's degree, they go right into the career world. They um, pursue additional certification, stacking credentials like we talked about then that's perfectly fine as well. I think path, I think eventual result after high school is really determined by the student. Something you just said also reminded me of something we were talking about prior to coming on the air. And it was about community college as a means to an end. Claudia, you also described it as a time to mature. Would you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. I think this can tie in a little bit to the cost factor, but I think it's often a conversation maybe parents or counselors are having with students you know, some students just may not be ready for the four-year experience and the commitment and really the the financial commitment that might come with that. I think there is a risk if a student isn't prepared to, like I said, commit to that level of academic rigor and yet they don't want to stop going to school, then community college does give them a little bit more freedom, as Jen said, to kind of explore and, you know, try out different things. Because, We all know that not every 17 or 18-year-old, A, knows what they want to do, you know, as their next career, may not be their forever career, but kind of what the next step is. And I think being able to take classes and explore different pathways, whether, you know, it's going to lead to a transfer pathway or it's going to lead to some kind of alternative education or certification to get into the workforce they don't know at 17 or 18 what that's going to be. And I think just giving them a little bit of freedom is is nice. And I think they they feel that it takes away a little bit of the pressure. And so at least I hope that they feel like if they come to a community college and they can explore some classes and take some time and you're, I think we have to be explicit about you don't need to know and you aren't expected. And I, I certainly don't expect you to know exactly what you want to do for the rest of your life. And so maybe you've always thought about taking this kind of a class try it out. It's one semester. It's one class. If you don't like it, you move on because so many students have only, you know, been exposed to a very finite number of potential jobs and careers, right? They, I want to come in and transfer and go to medical school. I want to come in and transfer and go be a lawyer or a teacher. And there are so many other careers and opportunities out there that they haven't even considered. And so how can they ever get to that if they've never been exposed? And I think it's, it really, What I've seen in my time at Santa Monica is that the conversation around career really has to start coming earlier because when a student comes in and says they want to transfer, but they don't really know what they want to do, I think having a little bit more career exploration earlier on really helps them pick the path that ultimately is going to be the best for them. And so I think taking the time to mature is that kind of stuff. It's the self-reflection about what really is a good fit for a career, whether that's work environment that you're looking for, what are your values, having those kinds of conversations. And I think we feel it in in all settings of education. It's to take the time, to have the time and the luxury to have that in-depth conversation with a student isn't always possible. And so I think many students at 18 aren't ready to have that conversation or haven't done that kind of self-reflection or been exposed to whether again, it's different work settings or other activities in order to do that. And so by the time they're 22 and they've worked a couple jobs that they didn't like, or they've had more personal life experience or traveled or whatever it is that they've done, they can come back at 22 or 25 and say, okay, now I know what direction I'm heading. I know what I don't want to do. At least I have a better sense of what I might want to do. 
And now I'm ready to commit and really sit down and be focused on my education. With freedom comes great responsibility too, though. And so what are the risk factors in transfer support or length of time to transfer? I think it's important for students and and families to understand, especially our students who are looking at community college right after high school. And they're looking to to begin their higher education there and transfer, whatever their path may be. I think they need to understand that there is a level of independence and responsibility uh, that's expected in order for you to complete your goal. So it is going to take for students to to be informed and, and to start being informed early on, sooner than later, not after you graduate and you're starting your first semester in, in college, but rather really understanding while you're in high school and, and while you're in your 11th and 12th grade senior year this time, even for our seniors who are still waiting on college acceptances or decisions and they're, they're examining sort of their plans after they graduate. But having that understanding that if you're going to go to community college, that there's a level of, again, independency, maturity, being able to advocate for yourself, being able to really devise a plan and commit to that plan so that you can achieve that goal. And so that's that's something that, again, when I'm just working with students and, and, and looking, and, or I would say helping students devise their plan and, and seeing their options after high school, when those conversations are coming up about community college and, and all the benefits that come with it as an option, there's also things that students need to be aware of, just in the same way that they need to be aware of and prepared for the rigor, that this is not going to be a, a sort of watered-down experience, academic experience. So community college students are, if anything, I would say expected to be even more independent, even more aware of the resources on, their, on the campuses aware of the services that are that are provided and and really having to self-advocate for themselves with making sure that they are taking advantage again of those resources and being able to define their goals, work on their goals, commit to their goals and complete their goals. Here here Candace. I think that was probably the I think being explicit with high school students like you said is so key because sometimes they think oh, I'm just going to do the transfer option. I'll go do two years of general education, then I'll transfer. And they don't really understand the depth of what that means and the work that comes ahead. I think that I, when I worked at the high school, I used to remind students that as a community college student, if you're planning to transfer, you have another application process coming up. And at a community college, you may not be surrounded by others that are planning to transfer. And so they may not have their goals lined up. And so if that is your goal, you have to work harder or work smarter, whether that means meeting with your counselor more regularly, really knowing what your plan is, not picking classes at random. Those kinds of things can absolutely impact the length of time to transfer. And so I would tell them you have to have a better plan than a student going into a four-year because when they go into a four-year and they've picked their major and they're on a track, it may be far more laid out for them. You're going to have, like you said, it's with that freedom comes a lot more responsibility. When you go into a community college, if you choose not to meet with the counselor and you pick your own classes for the first year 
and then find out that maybe half of those are going to actually help you achieve your goal. And that's a big letdown after a year to realize that you might still have another two years to go. And so it does take that extra commitment, the forethought and the planning that goes with it. So it is, there are obstacles in the transfer pathway as great of of an opportunity as it is for so many students. And as much as I want to really finish on that answer, because that was such a lovely answer, I know there's some people who tuned into this podcast because they wanted to hear about dual enrollment credits as a high school student. I can tell you as a college admissions officer currently, the question of AP, dual enrollment, or honors, or IB, which one is better, they're all rigorous. We're asking you to take a rigorous curriculum. That's it. Period. And I'll say this again, period, on purpose. But in that idea, we should address it a little bit. And so this topic could consume an entire podcast on its own. Uh, But what about dual credits, jumpstart options to high school students as they build their community college transcript or their high school transcript? The high schools in my region have very robust options when it comes to dual enrollment credit. And again, it just goes back to giving students options to say, you want to take this anatomy and physiology course and earn college credit through a four-year school? Do you want to take these college-level English classes and earn this college credit and hopefully knock out some of the credit that would be a lot more expensive at a two- or four-year college? Oftentimes, dual enrollment credits come at a much lower cost. So I just think they're they're great options to give students a jumpstart start to their college transcript to help them earn credit earlier, to maybe even give them a little bit of leverage during their college semesters where trying to get out in four years anymore takes 16, 17, sometimes 18 credit hours a semester. And by lightening that up and getting some of that work done while in high school, meeting your high school graduation requirements while building that credit, it lightens up the load a little bit in college. It also may free up opportunity for them to do additional things in the summer rather than trying to get more college credit. And it might even shrink their time in college, again, coming back to the cost factor. So I'm a big fan of dual enrollment. I think it provides additional ways to pursue rigor, and pursue a little bit more challenge in high school to get students most college ready. One addition to that, too, is just most colleges have their transfer of credit policy online, whether it's AP, IB, or dual enrollment. I would highly encourage everybody to check that out at the different campuses to see what credits are you going to get. That is all the time that we have. This has been such a lovely conversation. Many thanks to Candace, Jen, and Claudia for a great conversation. And thanks to you, our friends in the audience, for joining us for this podcast. College Admissions Decoded is a podcast from NACAC, the National Association for College Admission Counseling. It is produced by LWC Studios. Kojin Tashiro produced this episode. If you would like to learn more about NACAC's guests, our organization, and the college admissions process, visit our website at nacacnet.org. That's N-A-C-A-C-N-E-T dot org. Please leave a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts. See you next time on College Admissions Decoded.